Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Kindred Church. Um, I am Lindsay and I am so thrilled uh, that you are here tonight. Uh, tonight is going to look a little bit different than usual, as you might have already uh, caught on. With it being the week of Thanksgiving, we want to just uh, provide some intentional space to practice gratitude together. And so I know for me, uh, this week has already felt a bit hectic as we prepare to go out of town and spend the holiday with family, and it's easy to get caught up in all of that, um, even if it is good stuff. And so we just wanted to take this chance to slow down, if even for just an hour, and sort of take inventory of our life and of this past year and genuinely reflect. And so I want to begin by acknowledging this sort of tension that you might feel around gratitude. Now, I'm in a small group um, with some of the other women here at Kindred, and last weekend we were in this conversation all acknowledging that we often feel this pressure to sometimes downplay our longing in an effort to be grateful. We sometimes dismiss the things that are difficult or uncomfortable or painful because we don't want to appear ungrateful or unappreciative or entitled for the good things that we do have and have experienced. And so as we move through this practice tonight, gratitude is not in competition with longing or with suffering or reality. These things can coexist. And there is enough room here in this room and in our hearts for those things to both exist. And if you find yourself in a season that feels particularly dark or heavy, we are not asking you to deny that pain, that that is the place you are in. We are not asking you to look for some silver lining in an effort to make yourself feel better, but we are going to invite you to look for God, to look for God in the difficulties of this past year, to look for him in the care and in the faces and in the love of other people, and to look for evidence of God in the everyday mundane places. The other thing I want to say is that we're calling this a practice. So we've named the evening Practicing Gratitude. This is to say that gratitude might not come naturally, but it's something that requires our attention and our focus. That as we practice this, it might feel a little clumsy or awkward or vulnerable. And this might be something that maybe you have never really tried before. Just know there is no pressure to get it right or to say the right thing. And if you're not really sure what it is that you believe about God, then you can treat this as a hypothetical exercise. Or... You can use this time to hash some of that out, or you can leave him out of it and move through these prompts in your own way. All of that is welcome. It is a practice. It's just about showing up and being honest and acknowledging our appreciation. And then we are going to do something with that appreciation. We're going to show it with worship and with our actions, and with our words. And so in this way, I'm tempted to say that gratitude is more than just an emotion that we might feel together for a few minutes, and then it fades. But it is truly an action. It is a step. It is the practice of looking for God and naming the evidence of his goodness and his faithfulness and his presence. So we're going to move through three different themes or prompts tonight. 
And there are going to be um, some cards and pens on your table. Some of you just got envelopes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to use theirs, you can pass them to a table who doesn't have them. Um, but we're going to invite you to then use some of this reflection time to actually write out what it is that comes to mind and that comes up for you. And then you can keep those or you can throw them away on your way out. And for one of them, you might even choose to eventually give it to someone. So the first one we're going to invite you to reflect on is this. How have you seen God in difficulty or in suffering? How have you seen God in difficulty or suffering? And to be clear, we are not asking you to be thankful for the awful thing you have been through. I'm not suggesting that we be thankful for the diagnosis or thankful for that loss of that person or thankful for the layoff. But I have found it to be true that in my own suffering, God reveals himself uniquely, and it usually transforms me. In my own suffering, I tend to become more compassionate, more understanding, more empathetic of others. Or I see a side of Jesus that I hadn't before. I see parts of his humanity. Or I see parts of his unfailing love. Or I see parts of his acceptance of me. And so, for the next few minutes, take a moment and reflect on how you have seen God in difficulty or suffering. Hey, Kendrick. I was trying to think of a, a good transition because I'm about to talk about uh, a, a different prompt for us. And uh, the only one I could come up with is that we just talked about difficulty in our lives. And sometimes that difficulty is caused by us, right? And our choices or, or, or things that we're walking through and we think we made a good choice, but we maybe didn't. Or we, we maybe did make a good choice, but it still had consequences with it, right? But sometimes the difficulty in our lives also comes from other people, right? And there's probably several other sources too. But I want to talk tonight about how we see God in the people around us. Uh, and, and mostly this is a positive thing. So I want to keep it that way, right? Uh, I got a phone call uh, this year, and, and I don't know if you guys are phone call kind of people or not. Who's a phone call kind of person? Like you like it when your phone rings. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, like a text message suffices, people. Um, but usually that, this, this, this person that was calling me, if they're calling us something really good or something really bad, and so in those couple minutes of, you know, just kind of wondering what am I about to get myself into, you start to play scenarios in your head, right? Like, what if this is this? Or what if I have to do that? Or what if that call is coming in because of that thing? You guys all know what I mean by all of those, all those different scenarios. And, and, and several times every year when I have that kind of scenario play out and that thing happen to me, it always reminds me again, if, if you've been here even one time, maybe you know this, that I love this verse from Hebrews that says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you and consider the outcomes of their way of life. I mean, the, writer's, the writer of Hebrews is asking us to consider if we did live the way that this person that we know lived, if we did the things they did, if we maybe copied their behaviors or their patterns, or if we, we sought to live a life just like them, did it turn out in a place that you want your life to turn out to? Is that how you want it to be for you? And as I think about that all the time, I reflect on that verse all the time, I think about the people that I surround myself with, uh, surround myself with, and I think about the way that I show up in other people's lives. I always ask myself the question, what is the outcome of this? Now, sometimes we find Jesus in places we expect to, or in ways that we've experienced Jesus before. But a lot of times we get absolutely bowled over because we find Jesus in something we never expected, and often it's in the people 
around us, right? I want you to think about situations in your own life, the times when someone was just there for you. Think about the impact that it had. And maybe it's never even been spoken out loud. You've never acknowledged it or talked about it together. But you, because of that person in that time, whether they had wise words or just presence, like we saw Ben teach about last week for us, that, that moment and that time made a huge difference for you. There's an old uh, emo song that I like. Actually, I like all the old emo songs. If you just want to make a playlist and send it my way, go ahead. Uh, but it says, I never said thank you for that. And I think about that line a lot. Because there are so many scenarios and stories and moments of my life where I look back at people who changed who I am because of some presence they had or some word that they had or some way that they were. And a lot of times that went unthanked. And most of those people, as they faded into different parts and seasons of life, never got to hear that. So here's how I think about it. The times that people show up in in even normal times and certainly in desperate times it always, for me, reminds me of the power of Jesus' presence, right? As we're entering into Advent, and we start to talk more and more about this idea of, of Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, the, the, the moment and the time that we get to practice being with people is a, a presence and practice of Jesus. Right? It's the people who were there when that thing happened, right, for you. Where that moment, that day, that season, that is the care that maybe even we forget sometimes to acknowledge and and to thank people for. And to take it even a little bit deeper, my favorite book of the Bible, Philippians, Paul writes this. He says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. So he's talking to this church and says, you used to be concerned for me, then you weren't, but now you've renewed your concern for me, your love for me, you showed up for me again, and now I rejoice greatly in the Lord. And then listen to what he says. Because of that, because you showed up, because you care about me, because you love me. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, you've heard that verse before. And you saw it on Tim Tebow's cheeks five or six times. But did you know what the origin of that verse is? The origin of that verse is because of the care and presence of somebody else in his life, Paul saw that Jesus gives him all the strength that he needs. That's a powerful thing. And the people surrounding Paul, when he needed it most, gave us this fantastic and lasting line from scripture. Kindred, we can find strength in Jesus, and sometimes that strength shows up in the form of people that love us, even when we feel unlovable or we don't want anybody around. So here's the moment I want to take for this, for this section. I want you to think of somebody that maybe you've never had a chance to thank, and maybe it's because of circumstance or, or even shyness or whatever that might be, and maybe you won't even send this note. But I encourage you, whether this is a note to somebody you can send it to and you mail it tomorrow, or it's a note that's just good for you to write, it's cathartic, and it gives you some kind of uh, release and and some kind of feeling of knowing that you got to thank that person that you couldn't thank uh, face-to-face. I want you to take this a moment to just thank somebody that helped you see Jesus, a a person that helped you make it through 2023, whether this was a great year for you or a terrible year. In another place, uh, Paul writes this, he says, Encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So the question tonight for us in this section is, how have you seen God in someone else? Write that person a note, give it to them, burn it, throw it away, leave it for me to wonder what this was about. I'll read it later. But please uh, spend a few minutes reflecting on that question.
Well, feel free <clears throat> to keep writing if you need to. Um, but now I want to move us into uh, a moment of communion. So <clears throat> on the night before his arrest, Jesus was gathered around a table with his friends. And they were celebrating the Passover meal. This meal that memorializes when God's people were spared because the blood of a lamb was painted across their doorpost. It's this meal of remembrance, a meal dedicated to telling the story of God, of how God remembers his people and how he rescues his people and how he is determined not to give up on his people. And it is at this meal that Jesus then gives his followers a new symbol of remembrance, communion. And so if we could, I want to just for a moment let our imaginations sort of bring that moment to life for us. Because many of us will be seated around tables tomorrow. And so I want to try to picture what that might have looked like and felt like and even smelled like as Jesus was surrounding this table with his friends. It was likely that they were reclined, this table, leaned down on an elbow with their feet away from the table, away from the food. But I want you to consider what Jesus's voice would have sounded like, what it might have sounded like for Jesus to laugh with his friends as they told stories on this last night together. I want you to consider what it might have smelled like that meal of parsley and bitter greens and a lamb. And think about what it would have felt like, right? This warmth, the faces of these people that they had been journeying with for the last three years. And Jesus is now about to tell them what is going to happen tomorrow, but they're still not quite going to understand it. He says this, Paul is actually recapturing Jesus' own words here in 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. And whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so as we sort of take this bread and we break off a piece, we remember that this was like Christ's body, broken for us. And as we're going to drink this juice together in a moment, we remember that this is like his blood that was poured out for us. And in this moment, I'm just going to read some things that I want you to remember as we take communion together. So whenever you're ready, feel free to go ahead and eat that bread and take a drink of the juice. And as you do, we remember the way that Jesus stepped closer to us. We remember the way that Jesus put on flesh, the way he ate and the way he danced and the way he laughed the way he slept and needed rest. We remember the way that he brought together unlikely friends, this table full of men and women from every walk of life and faith system that should have remained strangers, and some of them should have remained enemies. But on that night, they sat together as friends. 
We remember the way that Jesus was perfect, perfect in his compassion and in his love, perfect in his mercy, perfect in his judgment so that we don't have to be. We remember that without him, death is knocking on our door and that only his blood can cover us and shield us from the inevitable consequences of sin and death. And we remember that his body broken and his blood poured out, it was the sacrifice that paid for real life for us so that we may now experience hope and real life and transformation now into eternity. So Kindred, would you pray with me while we close communion? God, thank you for this time together. God, thank you for this Wednesday on a holiday week for this chance to be together. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, for who he is, for his heart and his mind. God, the way he put on flesh and stepped into our world, God, we are thankful for the ways that he is both fully God and fully human, so human that he would die and then be raised to life, making a way forward for us, a way to be reconnected to God, a way to be sheltered, God, a way to be sure that no matter the ways we mess up and fall short, God, we are yours, and we rest in that knowing tonight. Jesus, we love you, and we need you, and I pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, I'm going to get us started with our third theme tonight. We're only about 15 minutes behind. Don't worry. No big deal. Hey, I want to talk real quick tonight about our last theme, our last card, our last note that we're going to write. Uh, One of the things that that maybe you know, maybe you don't, that sets Christianity apart from pretty much every other faith in the entire world is that we believe in a God that's personal. This Emmanuel, that God with us, is a God like nobody else worships, that's willing to come into this world that we live in, the mess that sometimes our life can look like, even the great parts of our life that would be beneath a deity, Nowhere else will you find a God like that. Like I talked about a few minutes ago, God shows up all the time in ways that we don't expect and sometimes ways that we don't even know we want. So I want to talk for just a minute tonight about the goodness of God. God who's good in both trial and triumph. God who's with us in every moment, even when it feels like he isn't. To go back to Philippians for just a second, this is actually, in my opinion, a tough teaching that Paul gives, but I think a really good one. He's talking again about rejoicing, and he says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. That's already a hard teaching. No matter what may happen, no matter what we may be carrying, no matter what the world might look like, no matter what the news brings us, no matter how we react to those things we see, rejoice in the Lord always. He says, I will say it again just for emphasis, rejoice. And he says this, let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. So do not be anxious about anything, which is a very tough teaching, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, and listen to this, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want you to listen to this promise that Paul makes again. He says, when we give our anxieties over, it leads not to a perfect life and not to the end of anxiety, but instead it leads to thanks. It leads to thankfulness in our own hearts when we're able just to set that aside and let God have it. 
It's not the end of anxiety necessarily anyway. It may come back even moments later. But what it is, is it's the beginning of a brand new perspective on those troubles and on our lives. So when we allow for the peace that only Christ can give us, the promise in here is transformed hearts and minds. Now, that takes practice, like we're talking about tonight, and it takes time. But the great part is, as bad as I can be at giving things time, as bad as I can be at practicing things, the good news is this. Jesus always holds up his side of the deal. It may take longer than we think. It may show up in ways that we can't believe. But Jesus always keeps his side. So here's what I want to do tonight. I want you just to think about this season of your life that you're in right now. Maybe you're like in a really great season. Maybe you're in between. Maybe you're in just like the pits. But I want you to think about that, that thing that you're battling. And when I say that, the thing that comes to mind, the first thing that you think of, maybe it's something outside of you. Maybe it's something that you know very well. But I want you to think about that thing you're battling. Maybe nobody knows about it. Or maybe you're all over social media with it or whatever that might look like. But regardless, that thing that comes up. I always think back to how God's showed up in the past. And, that, and that's the way that I expect God to show up again. But almost every single time that a season of mine ends and something that I'm battling with changes, it's almost always in a moment and in a way that I couldn't anticipate and I couldn't have named. New jobs, people that come into my life, friends that leave and friends that show up, setbacks that feel permanent, God makes temporary. God does something new. And it's things that we never knew we wanted and they start to become all we can ever imagine having, right? Three years ago, right about this time, we were anticipating. We were thinking and we were planning and praying for the start of this church. And for me, all the time my prayer was and still is, God, just give us another chance to talk about how good you are and how you have something different for us than people think. And so we prayed that three years ago. We prayed that yesterday, that we could be with people that just want to look at Scripture and be changed. We might not have the most insane sound system or the most mega anything but we just want to be real that's what we want to do here so three years down the road right i continually get to do this i thank god that even in the difficult parts of this thing that we call church planning and there are some very difficult parts right the prayer has been answered again and again but not always or almost never in the way that i expected god to do it but instead in a perfect way that I need to change and adjust to, right? So together, wherever you are in life, whatever season you feel like you're in, whatever 2023 has, has held for you, whether it's been the best ever or the worst, the question I want us to answer together for this last prompt is this. How have you seen God in your own life? What has God done? Maybe it's something you expected. Maybe it was something that you didn't, Right? Maybe it's something that you can name, or maybe it's something that you're like, I, I just don't even know what to put to words with this. And so if you can't, we're going to sing one last song together. Just belt these words out as thanks. If there's a note that you want to write to God and take it home with you, or if you need to seal it, throw it away, or burn it, whatever that looks like, I invite you to reflect on how God has moved in your life in 2023.